Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers sent their number eight pick is going to be the pick that is going to New Orleans after the Lakers' dismal season. We ripped off the Band-Aid. Now we can all start moving forward. The Lakers finished the season with the eighth worst record in the NBA and wind up sending the eighth best pick to New Orleans. Uh, There was still technically a .4 chance that the pick could actually fall out of the top 12 and then it would have gone to Memphis. That would have made things uh, significantly more complicated for everybody else in the Western Conference as a really good team gets a really important asset. Um, So, you know, if you're just looking for bright sides, the fact that the Pelicans get it and the worst team gets that pick, uh, you know, helps make it so that the the, the climb that the Lakers have to make is not maybe as difficult. I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping for straws. It sucks to have had a season as disappointing as that one and not have a top 10 pick kind of as the uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And yes, it, I'm not, <laughs> let's let's be clear, both these things can be true at the same time. I am happy that the Lakers made the trade and went out and won a championship. I am, however, allowed to be frustrated that we just went through as shitty a season as we all did and have nothing at the end of the season to show for it as part of the trade package, uh, when you were negotiating against nobody, by the way, uh, winds up being this pick. So uh, the Lakers still do technically have another pick that will convey to New Orleans and then a potential pick swap. Um, so those will be the things to kind of keep an eye on as we near the end of the full-on return for Anthony Davis. Still have to see who those players turn out to be, what they wind up doing for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, But you know what? Tonight, kind of a kick in the balls. Could have been way worse, though, as New Orleans could have gotten a top three pick uh, because of the flattening of the odds. Uh, this pick could have gone to Memphis, and everybody would have been pretty pissed about that one, given the odds um, re- regarding that potentially happening from the get-go. So, all things considered, this is about as predicted. Immediately after the lottery, we turn our attention to the game between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. And from the get-go, you're thinking, Oh, cool. The Lakers just forked over a lottery pick and our entire night's going to be forked as as the Boston Celtics are going to win game one on the road. Fortunately, the Miami Heat took it to Boston in the third quarter and uh, wound up winning the game fairly comfortably as Jimmy Butler just was incredible. So uh, shouts to the Miami Heat for making it so that an already kind of annoying, frustrating night didn't turn into outright disaster. Now all we need is the Dallas Mavericks to take care of business against the Golden State Warriors so that we can completely avoid a Boston or Golden State type final situation. A quick note on Miami. Uh, I I think one thing 
that I just can't help myself as I'm watching all of this playoff basketball that doesn't feature the Lakers is just like, what is the central message to the successes um, from some of these various teams? And I think here with Miami, as we have seen the Lakers just season after season after season after season um, approach every summer as if it is a, you know, a brand new fantasy NBA draft, right? Um, for those of you who play fantasy football, I, you know, I enjoy keepers in fantasy football. I enjoy the idea of seeing investments year over year over year over year. I don't like just hitting a reset button um, and and it's kind of pretending as if the, the previous season didn't happen. Um, so watching the Lakers treat the uh, roster and their culture as if the previous season didn't happen, didn't matter, has been pretty tough. And then you watch Miami, probably the predominant like culture first, culture above all else type of organizations in the NBA, um, make it to the Eastern Conference, win game one, and be potentially on their way to a championship, it's it's at least a championship appearance, you're sitting here saying like, man, it'd be nice if the Lakers had some of those bona fides beyond just their star players. And and I think, you know, even, even beyond just from a player personnel standpoint, um, the idea of Pat Riley just you know, being able to walk out the door and the idea that, you know, later after him, Jerry West would, would make his exit, make his way back into the NBA and never really have an opportunity back with the Lakers. And and by the way, Jerry West, like, you know, and, and his relationship with Jeannie, there's a lot going on there. I'm not going to get into it here, but from, if you look at it from this perspective, the Lakers do operate in a very insular fashion. Basically, if you were really, really good with the Lakers and you were interested in some kind of a job, then the Lakers were going to give you some kind of opportunity to um, to, to come back and, and, and help out, right? And if you're really good in those positions, then you kind of rise through the ranks and it's Lakers above all else, um, or, or at least that was the situation in theory. But again, West leaves, Riley leaves. Um, both have been reportedly interested in, in coming back, but the Lakers never really seemed all that interested in them coming back. Uh, the people that they have welcomed back, however, uh, Kurt Rambis and, and Phil Jackson after he sucked in, in New York. Um, the, the, the executives who could come back and have successes elsewhere to bring those lessons back to the Lakers, not really shown the welcome wagon. So I, I just think from as we watch Miami do their thing, not only is it important to me to point out, hey, this is why culture matters. This is why uh, you know you want some continuity from year to year. Uh, on top of that, if the Lakers are going to operate as insularly as they have, you can't let elite talent walk out the building without replacing it. And if they're inter- if that if at, if that elite talent is ever interested in coming back, then you bring that person back. And you bring those people back. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Make sure you guys are are uh, tuned in and checking out all of the stuff that we have going on 
as we cover these playoffs, as we get you guys ready for uh, the next steps that the Lakers take in kind of trying to get back to this place uh, that we so that we don't have to sit here and watch from the sidelines next year. Um, I had a really fun conversation with Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball where we talked about the year that Jason Kidd had for Dallas and the theory that the Lakers really missed him um, on their sidelines to kind of get back to the the central theme of this uh, podcast here, this episode here too, right? Don't let people who appear to be good at their jobs just kind of walk out the door. Um, But yeah, check out that podcast with Kirk and myself. And then you have the I Love Basketball Gang uh, getting ready to record later today. Then Harrison and I record on Thursday. Aaron and I record on Friday. And we're going to have some hopefully pretty cool projects uh, coming down the pike to change up some of what we've done to this point in covering uh, the postseason right now. So until all of that, until the next time I talk to you guys again, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one. Come back, Pat Riley. <laughs> <laughs>